You're listening to Napa Valley College Now on NapaBroadcasting.com. Thanks for joining us once again for Napa Valley College Now here on NapaBroadcasting.com. Our continuing conversations with folks connected with this year's Napa Valley Writers Conference. Right now I'm joined by Brian Teer. He's a former Stegner Fellow at Stanford. He's the recipient of poetry fellowships from the National Endowment of the Arts, the McDowell Colony, the Fund for Poetry, and the Marin Headland Center for the Arts. He's currently a 2015 Pew Fellow in the Arts. He's the author of numerous full-length books and is now an assistant professor at Temple University. It is my pleasure to welcome Brian Tier to the program. Brian, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about your involvement uh, this year and historically with the Napa Valley Writers Conference. Yeah, this is um, a conference that I've known for a long time. I was a student here in 2002, um, the summer of 2002. Um, I had a wonderful time. It was actually the last workshop that I was a student in. Um, it was really important for me. I really loved the conference. And so this is, um, I was invited back as faculty in 2014. And so 2016 is the second time I've taught here, but actually the third time that I've been here involved with the workshop. Um, and it's a model that I just feel like is is incredibly generative for poets because unlike the fiction writers, the poets here, write a new poem every day and get immediate feedback. And so we're kind of all immersed in the process of writing and of thinking about poetry together. And it, it, it creates a kind of intensity and a kind of intimacy in terms of writing that I feel like is very rare um, and full of a lot of potential for both for, you know, trusting each other, but also because of that trust, taking risks with our work that we might otherwise not take. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a very powerful time. Talk a little bit about the role of poetry today, the interest in it, and, and how that relates to teaching it today. Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, I mean, there are many different ways of people being interested in poetry, as there are different kinds of poetry. And so it's, I, I, I hesitate to be able to offer any kind of like broad summary, because I feel like one of the most wonderful things about poetry is it isn't singular. They're just, they're poetries out in the world and it, and it serves so many different functions for so many different people. Um, and I think that's one of the wonderful things about a conference like Napa is that I really see that as a teacher. People are coming from all different age, ages, all different stages in their writing life. Some people have MFAs in writing and are continuing a practice they've already committed to. Some people are coming back to writing after many years away from it. Um, some people have been writing quite in secret or as a very private practice and so are kind of showing their work to people, getting outside readers for the first time. And I think you kind of see in that stretch breadth of people, like how it serves many different functions for those who have been writing very privately. It might be more a journal journal or diary practice of them helping to figure things out. For people who've really committed to it as a life practice, it's it's an art there you know, first and foremost. It's a it's a um vocation. Um and I feel like there's everything in between, you know, like and I feel like out in the general public 
it serves many of the same functions of bringing people together, bringing people together to talk about difficult things, to talk about their own lives, to talk about the political moment. Um, I just think like, you know, as many different kinds of poetry as there, there is in the world, um, it serves so many functions. I think it's one of the powerful things about art. Um, and also one of the amazing and challenging things about teaching it is that it, it's everyone has very different stakes in it. And I, um, honor that about it. Mm-hmm. One of the interesting things in, in thinking about poetry and, and sort of comes to mind as you were talking about the different things that it touches upon is that it kind of crosses that divide that often exists in, in narrative writing, that divide between fiction and nonfiction. In poetry, it almost doesn't matter. No, I think that's very true. I mean, one of the things I think um, many of my students this week are thinking about is, you know, the enormous amount of violence in the world at the moment and in our, in American culture at the moment as well. Um, and sort of thinking about ways to confront that, to write about it, what it's doing to each of us individually, what it's doing to us, our communities, what it's doing to us as a nation, how the nation is sort of part of a, you know, relationships globally. And I feel like, um, that's both a, a non-fictional exercise in terms of recording and, and writing about our immediate responses to violence and to the historical moment. But I think there's that element of fiction in terms of our trying to reach outward and think our ways into the larger world, the parts of the world that we don't touch in a literal way, but which touch us all the time because of globalization, because of um, the wars overseas. And so I feel like there is this really wonderful blend of um, recording our lives, but also reaching outward through the imagination into the larger implications of our, of our lives and our language um, as Americans, as Westerners, et cetera. And I think it's a powerful moment that poetry really, I think you're right, has the tools and offers the kind of horizon, this very broad horizon for us to, to um, grapple with everything that's going on. Do you find over the years in your students at, at the university or even in places like Napa that there are trends, there are fashions in poetry that, that come and go? That, well, yes, there always are. Um, I see that registered more readily in my students in, um, at universities than I do at Napa. At Napa and at writers' conferences in general, because everyone's coming from such different backgrounds and from such different educational backgrounds with varying familiarities with poetry, it's really rare for me to see like the most current trends um, among writing conference students. And I actually really like the, the kind of unevenness of familiarity with poetry here because I feel like it means people are way more open. They haven't made up their minds already about what they think is the right kind of poetry or what they think poetry has to do. I feel like there's a, a real humility in the face everyone's so hungry to learn and to know more. Um, I think it's very different in a more traditional academic setting, um, actually, that there's a lot more 
um, desire to be correct, desire to like know the right thing, to do the right thing, to get a grade. Like here, no one's getting a grade. So I, I feel like the stakes are, are very personal, and leaves um, the students really open to kind of like you know exploring and to and and to learning more and to. Also, not necessarily, you know, they're, they don't feel they need to keep up with the Joneses in terms of poetic fashion. Like, they're really figuring out where they fit in all of those kind of, like, traditions and uses of poetry that I kind of hinted at. Mm-hmm. Among the fiction writers, uh, there is not across the board, but in many cases, the desire is to get published. How does that translate to, to the realm of poetry, or does it? No, I think many, I mean, it's a good question because obviously the stakes for a poet financially or economically in terms of publishing are radically different. Um, It's not like anyone's going to get a six-figure book deal when they (laughs) sell their first book of poems. However, I I, I think, you know, in what I was saying about a lot of people, this is a place where they're um, perhaps you know, sh- making their work public in a way for the first time, showing it to other people, oftentimes that brings up the question of a wider realm of publication and what that might mean for them eventually. And so I do think it's very different. I don't think that the students are here to network with the teachers to, like, get to agents or, you know, editors or whatever. But I definitely think publication is in the minds of some of these students. But I think for very different reasons, it's not about, you know, being an Oprah's book club or getting, you know, because it just doesn't exist for us. But I do think sometimes it is about um, having a voice amplified through publication, having a voice go public and be a part of the larger conversation. And I think that is very real for any writer, whether they're a fiction writer or a poet. The, The mechanisms are very different. How widely that voice is amplified in the culture obviously is usually very different. Um, but I think the the issue of having the voice enter the public conversation, I think poets desire that just as often as fiction writers. It's just a very different market, you know, very different kind of like way that it happens. But I think the desire is the same. And I think my question, my students often have questions about where to publish, what is the kind of um, trajectory of putting together a book and finding a publisher, et cetera. So we talk about that, but I do think, you know, it is different for us. Um, But I don't think the desire is any less in the end, actually. And tell us a little bit about your students this year at this year's conference. Um, You know, I feel incredibly lucky. Um, You know, it's a group... You never know um, when teaching any class, whether it's in a university or outside of one, what the chemistry of the group will be. Um, And this is just a group we're only through the second day of the conference, and I feel like we gelled by the end of, even before the end of the first workshop, the very first day. I just feel like it's a a group that's deeply um, open to each other, deeply mature in terms of, like, um, I think one of the things about a really good workshop is that everyone is willing to give themselves to being a we and their own needs, their own, you know, sort of like ego needs, which you wouldn't come to a writer's conference if you didn't have needs, you know, if you didn't have want to be a better writer, have your voice heard, 
you know, get feedback, et cetera. But I feel like a, a successful workshop kind of depends on people trusting that by becoming a we, becoming a group, sharing their work with each other, responding to each other wholeheartedly, they will get their individual needs met. And so being willing to give up a little bit of the I to, to being a we, um, I think for some people it's very difficult, and this year it doesn't feel hard for any of the students, and they are producing really wonderful work, um, supporting each other in really rigorous but um, compassionate ways, and I just am like deeply impressed um, by the work they're doing and by the work they're doing with each other in terms of workshopping each other's work. It's just it it can be a very powerful experience um, these kinds of workshops and this year really confirms that for me it's it's really a gift brian tier part of the faculty in poetry at this year's napa valley writers conference brian i thank you so much for spending time with us oh thank you it's been a real pleasure talking with you thank you you're listening to napa valley college now on napabroadcasting.com the online radio home of napa valley college